It's only four weeks until the big kickoff for another League of Ireland season, and there are so many questions to be debated before the ball is even kicked. The fella in the green and my short. The fella in the green and my short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast, our first show back in what is our fifth season, and we can't wait for February 16th. Can anyone topple four in a row champion Shamrock Rovers? Can Galway United make a statement by making a big impact in the Premier Division? And what does Damien Duff need to achieve this season to repay the fate of all at Shelbourne Football Club? My name's Roy Shanahan, and as always, and I'm delighted to be joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com, and Nathan... The start of a new season always, it always brings a breath of hope and optimism through every supporter up and down the country. As a Pats fan, how are you feeling? Optimistic? Yeah, well, the, the breath of optimism is certainly at the hit me, Roy. Um, I'm looking at a St. Pat's side here that, disappointingly, probably at the end of last year, finished towards with the last game of, this, um, last game of the season against Derry City, slipping us up from a second place position at the top eight position, but Looking at the business that has been done by John Daly in the off season, it's um, really impressed me and it's really got me excited for the for the season ahead. And one thing as a same Pat supporter, and I'm sure any other Pat supporter listening in will understand where I'm coming from, is we're notoriously slow starters, not in terms of, of a league, but in terms of business done in the market. Like you look at, so what we know, we're on the 16th of January, so this time last year in 2023, I think we only had two or three players in the door at this stage. We've got a lot of our business done quite late. So you're, you're expecting lads to, to, to come in and, and to gel in quickly. They might be at different levels of fitness to, to other people. But that just hasn't been the case this year. And, and that has been such a change up over the past couple of years at Richmond. Seeing Brandon Cavanagh come in extremely early into the season. Keane Cavanagh joined him as well from Derry City. Rory Keating was, was a massive signing uh, coming off a, a huge season last year with Cork City. Aaron Bolger, another one from Cork City, coming in. Connor Keeley, a centre-half that really, really impressed me at Trotter United last year. I thought he was one of the better centre-halves in the league. Big physical uh, uh, player at the back, but someone that can really be, be comfortable with the ball at his feet. I think if you're looking at a partnership with him and Joe Redmond, a centre-half, that really impressed you. Uh, behind them as well, Marcelo Pitaluga. Uh, coming in on loan from Liverpool. Now, come here, look, I'm not going to get too excited. I've seen the, the clips of him getting shared around the Twitter, saving shots from Virgil van Dijk and Mo Salah uh, in training, but it, it, it's obviously going to be uh, different from him. See, see how he can get on um, over the course of the game rather than some clips of training. I will say, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Athlone later in the show, Roy. I was at the Friendly on Saturday in the Athlone Town Stadium between St. Pat's uh, and at loan, that was obviously it, it made a change up. Uh, there was one team for 45 minutes and one team for another. But Marcelo started the game uh, in the first half and pulled off a couple of nice saves, looked very confident uh, in himself. So, in terms of incoming to St. Pat's, yeah, really happy with the personnel and also really happy with the timing. He did lose a few players too, which which can't be ignored. Uh, it looks very likely, doesn't it, that Sam Court is going to be on his way out, or that Sheffield United, the whole city, that, look, that looks. It looks done now. He's not going to be coming back as a free agent at the moment. So Pat's only going to be looking at a small compensation rather than an actual fee, which is really disappointing. 
Adam Murphy, another young prospect in the middle of the park, has also left Bristol City. Mark Doyle, who was really impressive towards the back end of the season, won the heroes of the FA Cup final uh, last season. He's gone to America, signed with Rhode Island FC. So there definitely is talent leaving the club as well. But I think overall, with the lads coming in, with the re-signings like Chris Forrester, uh, Joe Redmond staying at the club, you have uh, Jake Moraine still there, Anto Breslin, Mason Neely. It's hard not to be excited for the season ahead as a patron. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a 1-0 Win was it against Athlone? It was a one 0 win. Uh, I seen the free Longwin, kick. Uh, free yeah, kick. yeah cracking goal. You, you know yourself, Roy. You're, you're looking at preseason games, especially this is the fourth preseason game. I think Patrick will be behind closed doors, but this is the fourth one that, that fans could attend. It's, it's hard to sort of judge, isn't it? Especially when there's such a there's, there's a starting eleven, a different starting eleven at both halves. But yeah, it was nice to see the lads getting minutes under their legs. There definitely was some. Uh, some impressive performances, but you, you won't take an awful lot over considering they only played 45 minutes each. No, absolutely not. Now, Galway, you have Galway in the first game away. Nice little trip. What is success for Galway this year? Do you think they can make an impact uh, on the Premier Division or is it, could it be a bit like Cork and, and just just try and get that third from bottom spot? I, I have a little bit more optimism about them. I, I think they can do something in the league. Uh, Shelbourne-like. Yeah, so so what what would your optimism be for Galway then? Because I think any team coming up, and I, I always do say this, so the goal should be just to remain in the lake. And I would put Galway in that category too. And I might sound a bit stupid considering Galway and I dominated the fourth division last year. It, it was done months before it was official, right, wasn't it? And you had Waterford coming in behind, uh, getting through on the playoffs alone. I actually think Waterford are probably a bit more set up to do a little bit better than Galway this season. If you're looking at the two newly promoted sides, mm. but so for me, I, I just class as from Galway's success would be to remain in the league. But I, I, like when you say you're optimistic for Galway, what you're looking at, would you go? Would it be ridiculous to say you're going towards a European run, or you're looking more so at a mid-table finish for Galway? I think I think they could aim for a mid-table. I just I have that feeling. I, I just seen it. It's, it there's a sign in there they had today. Uh, Jene Etsu is, is his name. Uh, I think he's come from is a Finnish side. Uh, but Finnish he was, league. I believe he, he, yeah, he was highly touted in the Finnish league last year. I think he was in, was he in, the, in the Finnish, like the team of the season in the league or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And, yeah. and, and he's, he's like an attacking fullback, uh, attacking defender. But he he just looks real good quality. Uh, the way he, he he's on the ball, controls the ball, his touch, uh, his thought process when he gets on the ball, it's, it's always to go forward. His tackling look good. I, I haven't seen his positional play, so that's that, obviously that'd be a question. You know, sometimes you have defenders who are who are not bad at tackling, but their positional sense not great. So, uh, but. He looks like a good addition. I just have a feeling that Galway are going to add a couple of players who are going to improve them. And when you look at the likes of Sligo, you look at Bowes, you look at Drogheda, I'm not convinced by them. Listen, Waterford are, are going to be in a decent place, I think, as well, as in going to be very competitive in this league. I don't think I don't th- think there's going to be too many whipping boys, but I think these two have a good shout of staying up. I think so, and I think the thing about Galway as well, Roy, um, it's, so you look at some of like in, uh, incoming silence, you have like players like Gary Buckley and Carlos Sullivan coming in from Florida Rovers, who have been in the league, have a little bit of experience, which of course you do when they're getting promoted. Uh, Leo Gaxa coming in from Kerry, he was probably 
Kevin's standout player last year, so it was was not surprising to see him getting whipped up by somebody else. I know there was talk of Ryan Flood. Uh, we're not coming in for Finn Harps. He was head and shoulders above anybody up in Valley Buffet last season. It's something that hasn't really materialised at the moment, but again, it, 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 it's a transfer that's speculated to be getting done. So there has been an influx of players coming in, but the amount of re-signments that they have and that core nucleus group, and even some of the more experienced players, you know, your Brendan Clash, your Conor McCormick, but David Hurley, who was an absolutely fantastic season last year, Stephen Walsh, who can potentially get a chip in with a few goals, Rob Schleven at the back as well. So I, I think they've done uh, more good business in terms of recouping players and keeping a nucleus of the squad because too much chopping and changing. We've seen them with clubs coming up. They, they tend to not forget the players that got them there, but try to go a little bit too gun home the transfer market and, and do a complete 180. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're a couple of steps behind because you're coming up in a new league with a new squad and everyone around you has improved quality. So I think if you're a Galway fan, you won't be happy with the decision by uh, John Coffey and Ollie Horgan to keep the, the, the nucleus of that team that got you in the position that he did because he, he cannot stretch it enough. He completely ran away with that division last season uh, with the fourth division. But yeah, if we're just going to have a quick little lawyer Waterford as well. They seem to be um, Fleetwood Town all this pre-season. They've gone over there and they've played friendlies against them. They've All their social media work has been in connection with them. There seems to be there seems to be a big connection there now with that club, and as you said, that professionalism that we kind of weren't sure that you know was was it going to be there was it not going to be there because of previous owners and was it going to was it strong was there was this something that was going to stick? It's starting to feel like that this is something that will stick and that they can be positive about. Yeah, obviously the the the, the current issue with the owners and the the the, the prison sentence stuff that that's something that's not going to go away, and it's something that I'm sure we get more information about the season goes on. But yeah, that connection with Fleetwood Town and just was going to say when when he jumped in there, the man of the moment last season, Ronan Cotlin, he got his big move to Fleetwood as well in the, in the off season. That's a massive one by him. I know that was his ambition to uh, to, to to get over to England and, and to give it a go, especially at. Uh, yeah, the twenty-seven. He's coming in to be prime now. Are they playing? T- I think they're playing tonight. I think he scored two tonight. Yeah, well, it does make sense in the world, and, and I'm sure you will see a couple of nominees coming in uh, from Fleetwood Town to Waterford because of the connection with the ownership. But it's just, I think, just, again, some of the incomings that that you have coming in: Darren Leahy from Dundalk, Robbie McCordell's coming in from Dundalk, Ben McCormick from St Pat's, someone that I've seen um, firsthand how good of a player he can be when he gets that opportunity. But just going back to Ronan Cochran for a second, Roy, and when we talk about coming off the season of his life, having a record-breaking season, most goals for Waterford in, in one season, most uh, most goals in the fourth division over the course of one season. How big of a miss do you think he will be for a Waterford side? And I know that's stupid to say, considering what he just done last year, but this is also a player in Ronan Cochran that a previous club level with Cork City, Sligo, Robes, St. Pat's has... But he struggled at time with injuries, so that definitely affected his game time. But before the 2023 season, you wouldn't have classed Ronan Coughlin as a goal scorer. Do you think he would have brought that form from the fourth division up to the Premier Division in 2024 if he was to stay at Watford? Yes, is the answer. Uh, as I said, I think he's playing tonight. He's, I think he's after scoring a couple of goals. I don't think he's going to phase him. As you said, injuries maybe cause him problems. If, if that's not... 
if that's eradicated, then I definitely think that he's a big miss. Anyone who has a goal scorer, you can't you can't do that in, in football if you don't have someone who can stick a ball in the back of the net. You can compete, but you can't go and win things. And, and, and in this league here, you need to be winning games. And to do that, you need a good goal scorer. So I'm not sure who fills that gap, Nathan. Yeah, there's definitely, and they're not the only club as well, Roy. Andy that are going to have to go into that market, and that's why I think such a big deal was made of the Rory Keaton signing from Cork to St. Pat's. Obviously, probably the, the marquee sign of the window is Pat Hoban going from uh, Dundalk to Derry City because there just isn't an abundance of goal scoring strikers in the league, and even the two players I mentioned there, Keaton and, and Hoban, they're not coming off seasons where they've scored 20 plus goals. Like, I'm a massive fan of Pat Hoban, but he, he's Averaging 14 goals a season since since 2018, which is a nice return, but it's still you're still requiring players around you to be chipping in as well. If you have any chance or ambition to be winning leagues or going uh, going on good cup runs or battling for European places. In so fairness to him, Nathan. In fairness to him, now he hasn't been in a side in the last few seasons that has hasn't been the team that they were previous. So he's done well to get the goals that he has gotten in that team. It's probably a good move for him now. You know, he might go into that Derry City. Uh, he might get the, the quality in a team there that might boost those goals and, 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 and make make that 20 goals, make that 25 goals in the season. He, he's, he's still got plenty left in him. Yes, he definitely does, Roy. And it's, it's, I think it's a good move for both of them. As you said, there's definitely going to be improved quality around the midfield around. We'd like that Will Patchen, um, he, he knows Michael Duffy uh, extremely well from Dundalk days. But the way that Dundalk operate, or, sorry, Derry operate under Rory Keaton, did the two fullbacks optimised so well that they pushed forward. Like you seen Ben Doherty last year, I think he was really, had the highest assists in the league. I was up there definitely in terms of assist figures. So he's going to be an important call to them as well. And it can get Rowan and Boyce back into the team too. That'd be very important for them. But from a Derry point of view, it's something that they missed last year and it's probably something that hindered them in the counter title race was the lack of a, of a consistent goal scorer up front. Now, Jamie McGonagall there, now he left the club. Uh, he's gone up to Coleraine, up in Northern Ireland. I think if you looked at the, the goal scoring stats from last year, Derry City didn't have anybody in the top 10 mm-hmm. of uh, goal scorers. So that's something that will hinder them. And it, you, you have someone in Pat Hoban that has been around the league. As I said, his best uh, season 2018. Hasn't quite hit the, hit the heights then, but he's still going to get you 15 goals a season, even at the age of 32 now. And I know as you're getting older, you could question the, the Astro. I don't think that would be a major problem because he's used to, used to playing on a similar sofa in Dundalk. You have to see how, how the knees hold up, but he does progress in age. But it, it is a, a new signing for him. And they're losing someone like Keane Cavani, who didn't really get into the team last year for them. As I said, Jamie McGonagall has left. And another player for Derry City that's going to be key for them in, in a couple of months, and I can't wait to see him come back, is Colin Whelan. Someone mm-hmm. that has been drastically unlucky. I, I always say, God knows where he'd be playing now. I think he's that good of a quality of a player. Those talks of Shamrock Rovers move a couple of years ago when he's with UCD. That could have progressed on to anything else. But he's just been so unlucky with knee injuries and I know you, you can blame the Astro pitch might not help him uh, recover from these sort of injuries but I think if you have someone like Colin Whelan a young lad that's going to come back from this another horrendous injury and get back to his best old self and, and, and pick up a good goal scoring run in a couple of months time and he is fit and ready to go if he can slot in behind Pat Hoban that could be the magic formula that Derry City were missing last year Yeah as you said it's like a new sign in there as well so 
it, it, that's going to be hugely important for them because for Derry, they need to kind of push on now, don't they? they sec, just, second place. Yeah, second place. I know they've got second place the last two seasons. There's only one place they can go now to be kind of successful and, and that's to win the league. Yeah, 100%. And that's literally just going to ask Dave. So last year, uh, I think we put a bit of pressure on, not that he cares, but <laughs> when we were just talking, we put a that's, bit of pressure that's why, on John. That's why they buckled. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim this, what I'm going to say now, that uh, we won the league as opposed to John Caulfield, didn't we? Because we put a bit of pressure on John towards the end, of la- or the start of last, the 2023 season, saying that stick and twist time for John Caulfield. If he doesn't deliver a promotion at least a promotion for the playoffs or a league title is, is the point for him to go are we going to put that moniker on Rory Higgins going into this season do you think it's stick or twist time for, for Rory to now really deliver a league title to Derry City after the, the, the finances have been pumped into the squad I, I'm not sure that he's under that same pressure as in I think John probably knew that it was definitely his last season it depends on how the season goes with Rory, but he definitely does need to be... He has to win a trophy anyhow. That's that's for sure. If he doesn't, then they might look somewhere else. And they'd nearly have to... If they were going to lose the league, they'd nearly have to lose it on the last day or something to be, you know, to, to kind of get that next year again to go for it. But yeah, probably does have to win it, really and truly. There's a lot of money going in there now, as we as we know. Um, the f- full-time football and new stadium, you know, they're building on to it. And so, yes, is, is the answer. He probably does. Like I'm saying, he, he needs to win a cup. He probably needs to win something just to have a chance of hanging on for the following year. Yeah, probably needs to win the league. And listen, I'd say he's putting himself under pressure. I'd say he looks at it and goes, if, if I want to be seen as a s- successful League of Ireland manager and I'm in one of the best jobs in the country... I really have to go and win this league, you know. If, if it turns out the Shamrock Rovers and Bradley goes and, and wins the league again, you're kind of forgotten about then, you know. So, yeah, it is his opportunity. Where would he end up then after that, you know? You know, he's, he's, he's taking a step down to any team then, really, where he goes after that. So, this is his big chance. You just touched on it there. I know we'll, we'll get into into the league. We'll probably get into the weeds a bit more of individual clubs as we talk about and as we progress on to uh, to the, the start of the league season, but you just mentioned Shamrock Rovers there, Roy. The drive for five, early early thoughts. What do you think? Is it something that could be achieve, achieved, or are they going to be put on more? I suppose the better question is, will they be on more pressure this season? Because I think if you look at St. Pat's, they've definitely improved uh, on the personnel that they brought in in the off season, and as we we just talked about Derry City there, and and the and what sort of issues they can cause. They've been really pushing uh, Shamrock Rovers this year. So the drive for five, is that something that you see happening? It's a good question because they're capable of winning the league. There's no doubt about that again. You know, they're definitely capable of winning five. You have to have that drive. And that drive sometimes comes from getting new personnel in, mixed in with your older personnel and keeping that sort of, keeping it lit. If you If you stay stagnant, then you're in trouble. It's also Stephen Bradley. When you look at Stephen Bradley now, he's won four in a row. Failure is losing the league. You know, if he doesn't win the league, it's a failure for him now. So he had a chance, and I know he, uh, there's uh, 
family stuff going on as well. But he had a chance to go away and it wasn't the right time for him. But if he doesn't win the league, when is his? When does he need to move on if he wants to make the next step in his career as well? I'm sure he's kind of looking at that as well. So um, if he stays during, or maybe he, he could leave in the summer or anything like that. But if he stays, he has to win the league. So there's big pressure on him to have to win again. I don't think they won the league last year. I think I think others lost the league, handed to them on the plate. Um, as we said, Bowes Bowes started well, but never really looked great. So they weren't there. Derry were so inconsistent. Pats, I don't think Pats were strong enough at the start of the season, and that kind of killed them. Not not necessarily because of the players, but obviously the cohesion that was there wasn't there at start obviously and, and that changed throughout the year but I think they just gave it to them and even as I said <laughs> Pats were in the league for like a couple of days remember we had that towards the end of the season and they didn't take their opportunities and I think that's what happened all the way through everyone kept stumbling and with the terrible starts Shamrock Rovers made last year they should have been really kind of punished I watched plenty of Shamrock Rovers game and they never really blew me away to tell you the truth. I won't lie. I didn't think the league blew me away last year. I didn't think the football was amazing last year. I, th- I thought I've seen better years and I'm hoping that this year is a is a better year for uh, for football. I just want to see a little bit more of uh, uh, a bit more quality. I think the quality dropped a little bit over the last two seasons. I think yeah. that was evident in in the European performance, yeah. wasn't it? In yeah. 2023, and I hope hope everyone, everybody went on. So the same as you, was the start of the season. I thought, oh, this is interesting. Shamrock Rovers have brought an ample amount of games. Bowles sort of came out of nowhere under Declan Devine, and well, it never looked like last and too long. It was, it was touch go. That could be interesting now. We have someone else to get now. Bowles in the mix with Derry and Shamrock Rovers for the league title. Obviously, they did drop away, but. Yeah, it was definitely for me the European runs that hit home and, and, and made you think God, the quality has definitely dropped off this season. But I am expecting, I, I don't want to uh, jinx it too much, especially in the Premier Division. We will talk at the First Division again as we're building up over the next couple of weeks. But the Premier Division as a whole, for me, I'm really excited by it this season. Roy. I think you have three teams there that can realistically fight out for the league title. I think the European recently heat up. I, You'll have your usual one or two that might falter through the mid-table, but that relegation battle in particular, that's going to be hotly contested against three or four realistic sides that could go down. Well, we haven't mentioned Damien Duff in Shelbourne. And what does he have to achieve to repay the fate of everyone at Shelbourne Football Club? Because especially the board, the backers have pulled out because the board wanted to keep Damien Duff. So what does Damien Duff have to do this season to be a success? I think it's just maintain what he done last year. He's, he's going to come in, as you said, that, that's, that's a huge vote of confidence by the club uh, and by the board in particular uh, that wanted to keep and there were many services. And you can understand why. You really can't. It's one around that he's done at Shelbourne. It's been absolutely brilliant. And love him, I hate him as a personality or as a player or, or what, what things he comes out with. But he's fantastic for the league. We've said it time and time again because he's someone that the mainstream media knows he's a, rec- he's a recognisable face for your average football fan so when he does bring up these plights about the league board people are going to be more likely to listen to him then I'm not going to name it, but you know what I mean then then your yeah, average yeah. league board and, um, face that might not hold as much um, 
grandiose to, to your average English uh, football supporter, your Irish football fan that follows uh, an English team. So that's a definitely a massive vote of confidence uh, from the club, and you can see why. Um, the, the incoming players brought in, he, he's definitely gone for, you see, like Keith Ward coming in and Sean Gannon, they're more of the experienced heads. But Dean Williams, uh, John Martin coming in from Dundalk, a great sign, and Larkin Healy, goalkeeper from UCD, was, he was, him and Jack Haney were probably the two standout players last season, Phil Babb, maybe. Um, so that, that was always going to happen with him getting a move. But the interesting one is Liam Board coming in on loan from Shamrock Rovers, which, is, again, we probably just see give it back to a second from Shamrock Rovers because and a couple of not, not, not long after they brought in Dara Bournes on a lot of Shamrock Rovers now brought in Dara Bournes on loan from NK Dons a player that, that can play in the exact same position as Liam Board and probably does a similar job and has a similar quality of him so I think if you are Damien Duff you're, you're looking again uh, obviously having a good run in Europe now that they have it through Pats winning the FBI Cup but being in that European dogfight once again yeah, missing out Jack Moylan, he's gone off to Lincoln City. He was a top goal scorer last year, had a brilliant season last year. J.R. Wilson going off to Sligo Rovers, that's a good sign of a Sligo. Uh, Connor Kane heading off to, to draw the United. But I think, again, he's done good business. Luke Bourne, sorry, another player I have to mention, uh, the club captain that retired. He will be a huge loss around the place, mm. but I think they've done good business. I, I think they would fancy themselves to finish around a fourth place position once again. Um, I can't see them really fighting for a league title, but I think if you are Damien Dope and you're a Shelbourne supporter, that, that's the aspiration. And, and to get that, I think you'd be extremely happy with it. Drahad and Sligo, do you think that they'll struggle this year? Yeah. Yeah, majorly. I think um, I think Sligo will be in a little bit of trouble. It looked a little bit ominous towards the um, the start of the transfer window, they were, they were losing quite a bit and not many incomings. I said, J.R. Wilson came with a shell bone, a good player. I, I think, again, there's just, just another side that, that's lacking that little bit of quality, whether that be going forward. I think defences will be, be in trouble now. Uh, as we talked, uh, the big kickoff got an exclusive with Timmy Sabawale uh, joining the club. It hasn't been announced just yet, but it, it, it's going to happen ASAP. He's joining. Uh, I think it was over in the third tier in Norway or something like that, Roy. But he's coming in now to replace John Matten, who's going to be out for a long majority of the season. Another bad injury for John. I believe it was an Achilles, Achilles injury picked up during a uh, pre-season training. That'd be a massive loss at the end. I, I just don't see where the goal is going to come from, where that little bit of quality in the midfield is going to come from. You really saw it Will Fitzgerald, who is a decent player, decent enough. But, yeah, I think he could struggle. I think you'll see the likes of Sligo Rovers Jotter to be down there with him. I think Dundalk being that dogfight too. Uh, and what, probably Galway, they're looking at one of the, the newly promoted sides. So that, that's what I meant when, it, when the talk was going to be how interesting that relegation battle is going to be. Because for me, I don't know about you, that, that there is three or four sides that can realistically go down. Okay, yeah, it's going to be interesting, hugely interesting. What about coming up? The first division, obviously UCD have gone down with Cork. There'll be a lot of questions asked about Finn Harps. What's going to change there to Finn Harps? And uh, Kerry, can Kenny turn things around in their second season? What's your thoughts on the first division? So I just said, I think it's probably one of the most exciting Premier Division in a long time. I'm going to flip it and say, I think it could be one of the, the worst first divisions yeah. in a good while. Yeah, I think so. I just don't think the quality's there at all, right? If I was to put an early marker down, I think Cork City 
or obviously be the favourite to, to, to win the league. Do you know what? I think friend of the channel, Stephen Henderson, um, is doing good business at Longford in the off-season. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, for me, they're someone that I have the eye on that, that could do well. Um, Brendan Carl Chambers, someone that's beloved at Longford Town. There's part of the seeing Chris Lyons coming in from Bray Wanderers. He'll chip in with a few goals along with Dean George from uh, Treat United. So I think he has done, he's done well there, Stephen. Um, similar with Bray Wanderers, I think uh, Ian Ryan is in a similar position now where he's there a couple of years. They've, he's failed to impress, to say the least, Roy, haven't he, uh, Bray, over the past couple of years. They're always a club that you look at that could always come back up. But yeah, I think bringing Killian Cantwell again, back to the club in Waterford, the centre-half, a good signing. Jimmy Corkman in goal from Cork City will do well. Shane Griffin, um, Christian uh, McSusan coming in from Longford Town as well. So, there's, if we put down the mark, I think Braybon is a long for town, but what could be the two that will be there and thereabouts. But I do fancy Cork City to so, probably not do a full on Galway, but I fancy them to be comfortable enough this year. Okay, great. Looking at the Shamrock Rovers ground, Tala, it looks well, doesn't it? And, and there's been pictures around today, you know, showing them in, in night time, and it always looks well and flood lit. We really do need. Our, the rest of our stadiums to, to try and catch up and we really do need the FAI to push hard on the government to fund uh, these stadiums that they've funded for the GAA and uh, uh, different sports because um, if we can get those facilities up like Tala Stadium the league is going to be uh, a hell of a little league isn't it? It definitely is. It should be the benchmark that every every league aboard the stadium uh, should be looking to get to. It's going to be 10,000 seats now, as you said. It's, it just it just looks brilliant. It looks apart. It looks professional. It's it's a comfortable stadium to be in. Uh, head and shoulders, the best stadium within the League of Ireland. Nobody's going to dispute that whatsoever. Um, and as you said, it's it's, it's not up to the, the grounds to get there. It's up to the, the, whether that be the council to get there, whether that be the government to get there with with funding because you have clubs going out um, fighting for scraps with other sports in the country whether it be GAA rugby horse racing greyhound racing where we're fourth or fifth tier in the country as a whole and I know people can say you, you can go and apply for grants uh, you can look for private investments but really should not come down to that uh, we definitely do need more help in terms of funding something that we always preach and we're going to continue to preach about it on the show yeah absolutely Nathan listen there's more people going to the games now and they should be able to go to a game and uh, have good facilities be able to go get something to eat it's an, an entertaining night out uh, with the kids and family and we get them stadiums and encourages people to go puts more money into the clubs, puts more money into the community and it's, it's just a good, good thing to uh, to have. So FAI, football clubs, communities all need to work together uh, to get what they deserve for their football teams. Okay, listen, Nathan, I'm going to leave it there. It's been great to catch up and to get the, the first one under our belt. We will uh, we'll be back next week uh, with a f- few things that we want to discuss next week and, and kind of chomping at the bit to talk about them but uh, we'll talk about them next week for you who's listening thanks very much for listening to the show do spread the word that we're out there we'll be getting back on YouTube again and um, here's to February 16th it's not too far away